Hey, everyone. You're listening to On the House with Spartan, an ad-free podcast brought to you by a full-service turnkey company. I'm your host, Lindsay Davis, CEO and co-founder of Spartan Invest. On this show, we talk about all things real estate, from market patterns, industry insight, construction, property management, and other investment avenues. We hope you'll join as we dive into today's episode of On the House with Spartan. Thank you for joining us and welcome back to another episode. Now, this week's episode, we're going to be discussing all things maintenance. And I say that like it's exciting, but the truth is it's the worst part of owning and managing rental properties. So in this episode, we're going to discuss our process for handling maintenance, some highs and lows for the department, and also touch on what investors need to know regarding maintenance. Um, If you want some more information about maintenance or just our property management processes that I don't necessarily cover in this episode or other episodes, we do have a guide to property management on our website at SpartanInvest.com. You know, this guide gives uh, a few pages on our operation as a whole and just additional info on different departments. So first, I will start by saying that maintenance is inevitable with rental properties. It does not matter if the property has been just renovated or if the property is brand new. At some point, there will be repairs to address at your rental property. The bad news is that maintenance can be unpredictable and very difficult to project. So yeah, it's all lose-lose with maintenance. But you know, a common question that we always get is that, hey, if my property was just renovated, why do I have maintenance? As I'm sure you recall from our previous episodes, we discussed the items that we use to determine whether or not to renovate it on the front end, right? Remember, it's our three M's. Will the tenant pay more for the property? Is it a safety must? Or will it keep the long-term maintenance of the property down? It is possible to over-renovate a property. You could possibly go into a property and complete too much work, which would in turn diminish your return, or if you're buying from a turnkey company, increase your purchase price. So before we ever purchase the property, we have our own home inspection completed on the property to ensure that we have allocated for everything that needs to be completed. We also get septic inspections, perform sewer scopes on the properties. All of these inspections are evaluated prior to us even starting the renovation. Now, once our renovations are complete, we also urge the investor to get a home inspection prior to their closing. Uh, Just for an additional confirmation that everything's completed and verified by a third party, we do not do that in-house. So even through all of those inspections, not even mentioning the city inspections that we have to go through on the permit side, there will still most likely be maintenance. So why? (laughs) Why does it always happen? Because it's almost impossible to catch absolutely everything that could potentially happen once tenants move in. Vacant properties are often difficult to fully inspect because everything is not in constant use. And that's the main reason why Spartan Invest offers our 90-day maintenance guarantee to all of our investor clients. We're covering everything until the tenant is in place, like grass grass cutting, getting the property cleaned from leasing showings. And then once we have a tenant move in, we're covering all of the maintenance for the first 90 days. 
Now, these minor issues that occur when everything becomes in use are caught during these first three months and covered for you. Also, investors always need to keep in mind that the tenants are just harder on rental properties than they are on your property. This is often heard by our investor relations team, uh, not understanding the ability to necessarily abuse a property. However, not everyone has the same cleaning habits, the same knowledge of maintaining a residence, or how to avoid maintenance altogether. Mindsets are very different, and this is a risk with rental properties. So your investment's performance is solely based on, unfortunately, the performance of strangers. All right, so back to our maintenance department and process. Atlas Rental Property, Spartans Property Management Company, is comprised of internal maintenance technicians. We have uh, two maintenance administrators and our director, who will actually be joining us in next week's uh, episode for some more information and hopefully some hilarious stories. Honestly, our maintenance department, they always have the best stories. So when tenants call in repairs to our maintenance team, all the information is taken down in an initial assessment and is completed through descriptions of the issues and tenant-provided pictures. Now, we work really closely with our tenants to obtain as much information as possible to avoid any trips to properties that will not result in a fix. Once that initial assessment is completed, that particular repair is then marked as an emergency, non-emergency, and whether or not that projected fix would be over that $500 threshold to involve the investor. Now, depending on what the repair is, we assign the contractor that is most likely going to be able to complete the work in as few trips or time as possible. So whether that's an internal team member or a vendor that we use, like for plumbing or electrical work. And a lot of times, this is very difficult to do over the phone. You know, we may have to send a maintenance technician out to the property to assess the situation before we can even work on producing a quote. Uh, This can be a good or bad thing for investors. You know, on one hand, you always want to lay eyes on a project prior to starting. Uh, You know, what if the photos are misleading that we request from the tenants? What if the tenant left an important piece of information out? Uh, What if you didn't properly assess the material needed or even the size of the job? You know, there are several variables to take into consideration when you're completing a repair. But then on the other hand, let's say the repair seems to be like a pretty easy fix We send out um, a maintenance tech to assess and correct. And then once he's on site, you know, the issue is much larger and now we have to call in a plumber. Well, the investor just got hit with two trip fees, one for the technician and another one for the plumber plus the repair. Uh, Anyone who's had any maintenance or work done on their property know that those trip charges, they can really add up and they can hurt investors' income. So if we get to the property and do determine that the repair costs more than $500, and then we have to do a full evaluation complete with pictures, multiple quotes for the investor to approve prior to even beginning the repair. Keep in mind that these approvals are only for non-emergency work orders. You know, unfortunately, if the repair is deemed an emergency, we have to complete it as fast as possible. 
And this is why it is so important for us to get as much information up front as possible. Okay, what is an emergency work order? What I consider an emergency may not be an emergency to somebody else. So we have put a few criteria that we deem as, hey, this is an emergency. If it is 55 degrees or below in the home and no heat, or if it's 85 degrees or above and the AC is not working, that is an emergency. Uh, We have to work very hard to weed out the summer HVAC calls. You know, southern heat can be pretty brutal, and not every call regarding an HVAC is necessarily an emergency. We often receive complaints that the HVAC is not working, only to find that the thermostat is set to 57 degrees, and it's only 75 degrees in the house. You know, trying to set the thermostat that low in extreme heat will often overheat the unit or freeze it down or cause other issues. Um, Also, no house will cool to 60 degrees while it's 99 degrees outside. So this is why we require pictures of the thermostats prior to sending our HVAC team out to job sites. And trying to save uh, on the trips that will cost more money um, with no repair. Um, Another emergency is if water is gushing and cannot be turned off by the tenant or there is a backup or flood of sewage into the house um, that would trigger an immediate repair without the investor's approval. And, you know, we also consider fires and significant storm damage to be emergencies as well. The state of Alabama's landlord and tenant law states that we have 14 days to fix an emergency repair. Now, our goal at Atlas Rental Property is to address all emergency repairs within 48 hours. If it's 99 degrees outside and a tenant does not have HVAC, we need to alleviate that. We need to repair that within 48 hours. Uh, Now, depending on the issue and which vendor is needed to correct the problem, we we can come close to this goal for the most part. However, with emergency issues, the investor oftentimes does not find out about the problem until after it's already corrected. You know, this is not ideal. You know, we really strive to communicate as much as possible with our investor clients. But in these type circumstances, it is best to ensure our residents emergency issues or repairs that are, you know, hindering the use of their home, that they are addressed as fast as possible. So what uh, what other maintenance laws are in Alabama. They vary from state to state. The The state of Alabama is a very landlord-friendly state. In fact, uh, in most states in the South, a tenant cannot withhold rent for maintenance that is not completed, even if that repair fits into the emergency criteria. Now, that's huge. Most states are not like that. So if we miss that deadline, we would still be subject to a fine, but the tenant would still not be allowed to withhold rent due to that issue. Also, there are certain repair items that that we can bill back to the tenant. The most common ones we see are grease and food down the kitchen sink, um, hair down bathroom drains, disposable wipes that are not really disposable. I don't care what it says on the bag. Every plumber I talk to will vouch for that. Uh, But in the toilet, and that causes a clog in the lines. All of those are billed back to the tenant's ledger, and it's stated in our lease agreement that, hey, you cannot do these things. 
Well, that is all I have for maintenance today. Our next episode will be joined by our maintenance director, Randall Van, as we discuss more information and answer some common investor questions surrounding maintenance. If I can wrap this episode up with anything, it's maintenance is always going to happen. Set aside some funds for a rainy day. Your rule of thumb is 5%. Go into rental property knowing that this is going to happen at some point in the life of the property. Being prepared for it and having the right mindset and the right mindset being that this is for the long game, that your average return is still better than the majority of other investment options. That maintenance will not hinder your appreciation that your property gains over the years or the tax deductions that you can claim. And as long as you have that mindset, you should be able to handle maintenance issues with ease. Well, I mean, just the invoice. If you purchase with Spartan, we handle everything else. Thank you so much for tuning in on the maintenance episode. And that's On the House with Spartan. Thank you guys for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to learn more, check us out online at SpartanInvest.com. Until next time, this is On the House with Spartan.